Hi, this is Ben Thompson, the author and founder of Stratechery. Welcome to a special interview edition of the Stratechery Daily Update podcast. There is a transcript of this interview in the show notes of your podcast player and on stratechery.com. Now, here's today's Daily Update. This Daily Update about the MBA and Microsoft and an interview with Adam Silver and Sachin Adela was published on Thursday, April 16th, 2020. As promised earlier today, today is an exceedingly rare two-post day on Stratechery. This is also a post that is a bit out of character for Stratechery. There is less analysis and more news breaking. On to the update. The MBA and Microsoft, from a Microsoft press release. The National Basketball Association, NBA, and Microsoft Today announced a new multi-year collaboration which will transform the way in which fans experience the NBA. As part of the collaboration, Microsoft will become the official artificial intelligence partner and an official cloud and laptop partner for the NBA, Women's National Basketball Association, WNBA, NBA G League, and USA Basketball, beginning with the 2020-21 NBA season. Microsoft and NBA Digital, co-managed by the NBA and Turner Sports, will create a new, innovative, direct-to-consumer platform on Microsoft Azure that will use machine learning and artificial intelligence to deliver next-generation, personalized game broadcasts and other content offerings, as well as integrate the NBA's various products and services from across its business. The platform will reimagine how fans engage with the NBA from their devices by customizing and localizing experiences for the NBA's global fan base, which includes the 1.8 billion social media followers across all league, team, and player accounts. Beyond delivering live and on-demand game broadcasts through Microsoft Azure, the NBA's vast array of data sources and extensive historical video archive will be surfaced to fans through state-of-the-art machine learning, cognitive search, and advanced data analytics solutions. This will create a more personalized fan experience that tailors the content to the preferences of the fan, rewards participation, and provides more insights and analysis than ever before. Additionally, this platform will enable the NBA to uncover unique insights and add new dimensions to the game for fans, coaches, and broadcasters. The companies will also explore additional ways technology can be used to enhance the NBA's business and game operations. As part of the collaboration, Microsoft will become the entitlement partner of the NBA Draft Combine beginning next season and an associate partner of future marquee events, including NBA All-Star, MGM Resorts NBA Summer League, and WNBA All-Star. The logic for the NBA in this deal is clear. First, Turner has completely dropped the ball in terms of the NBA's digital experience, particularly League Pass. Microsoft should dramatically improve the experience for the NBA's digital customers. Second, the NBA is, in some respects, no different from a movie or television studio. It produces content and then sells it to the highest bidder, usually delineated by geography. Digital, though, makes it possible to own the customer relationship directly, a la Netflix. Or perhaps Disney Plus is the better example, given how differentiated the NBA's content is. This deal is clearly working towards that goal. Third, that last paragraph from the press release is an important one. It seems likely that the NBA is going to make out well in this deal from a marketing perspective, even if this partnership is underwhelming. The Microsoft angle is equally interesting and like many tech deals, has much higher risk-reward. First, 
there are significant technical barriers to achieving what this deal entails. Microsoft is going to spend a lot of time and money on a relatively small business. Second, Microsoft, at the same time, is uniquely suited to solving these challenges. What stands out to me in the conversation below is the talk of Xbox, a division that failed to achieve Steve Ballmer's dream of a universal three screens and a cloud, and has instead become a fine enough gaming option. Its technologies, though, could really make this effort sing. Third, if Microsoft pulls this off, the potential to reuse the technology developed for the NBA, not only for other sports leagues, but for media entities of all types, could potentially be massive. There are other angles to this as well. One thing that intrigues me is the potential for channel conflict on the NBA side. It seems a bit far-fetched to think that the NBA seeking to own the customer relationship is good for TNT or ESPN, or that the latter will help the former achieve this goal. And yet TNT and ESPN pay the NBA's bills. This will be a project worth watching for many months to come. An interview with Adam Silver and Sachin Nadella. In the run-up to this announcement, I was able to spend a few minutes with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and Microsoft CEO Sachin Nadella. On to the interview. I'll be brief, Ben. I just want to say, first of all, thank you for taking the time to do this. Um, and we're hugely excited about this new partnership with Microsoft. And I think like so many other industries, you know, technology is going to shape our future. And um, this is going to be, without doubt, one of the most important relationships that the NBA is going to have going forward because it's going to define how we relate to our fans. Just to do a, a quick overview, as I understand what you're launching, uh, this is, I think that maybe a headline be with the NBA takes over sort of, or the NBA is partnering with Microsoft on new digital experiences. And to make sure I understand correctly, this entails the website, the, the apps, the apps on TVs, like League Pass, the streaming infrastructure, all of those sorts of pieces. It, it, like this is an all encompassing sort of partnership. Is that correct? Yes. So what was the driving, like you mentioned that in the future is to be about connecting with fans. Uh, how has the NBA right. not connected with fans that you see needs to change and that this partnership will make possible? You know, I, I, I think it's still largely a one to, you know, many experience in that it's, it's, there's very limited customization. And we know that from our fans that they are interested in, particular teams, particular players on particular teams, combinations of players that may cross over many teams or, or, you know, specific aspects of the game. And that we generally don't have the ability to do that. Now our, our direct to consumer relationship, um, it, it largely revolves now around a website and a delivery system uh, over the top for bringing game broadcasts, game streaming games to people around the world. But in, in, it, we're fairly limited in terms of then artificial intelligence, you know, understanding what fans really want, customizing the programming to their needs, um, customizing highlights, especially, you know, here, you know, for example, you being in Taiwan, you know, we have huge following in China and, and, and Taiwan and, you know, people being 12 hours away, sometimes it's not convenient, obviously, to watch a live telecast, so they want to consume the game in different ways. So it, it, it's, it's really all of that, you know, and it, it, it's, it's sort of reinventing the experience um, for, for NBA fans and, and customizing it more to their liking. Do you have a concern in sort of the long run, and I'm curious how this fits into it, about this 
young people not watching games or people in different countries not necessarily watching games, but being all about the highlights. How does that, uh, obviously there, there's a lot of talk about the NBA being very popular on social media and things on those nature, but how does the NBA actually pay the bills from highlights as opposed to, you know, traditional broadcast television? Well, I'd say one, I mean, any type of content we deliver to fans um, has either advertising associated with it or it's delivered, you know, for, on, on a pay service. I mean, for example, the, the games that we deliver around the world are, are all part of a, a, you know, a pay tier where people pay for season passes, individual games, or even portion, portions of games. And in terms of young fans, um, there's no question that their habits are changing. It's not just for sports. I mean, number one, they're watching a lot less conventional television and the programs they watch, they often watch for shorter periods of time. And I think that part of that challenge will be met by this relationship with Microsoft because the way to keep, you know, people of any age for watching longer is to, to create more engagement with them, to deliver to them more of the content that they want. And I think part of um, this relationship, it also goes to the enhancements around our telecast, whether that be on a separate screen or whether that be part of the telecast itself in terms of, you know, deeper content about particular players they're interested in, data around those players, um, in some cases, gaming content, and that can either be fantasy content or sports betting content. So, you know, again, I think we just have to adapt for younger consumers' habits because those younger fans are watching more screen time than any generation in, in history of media. But, but, but again, they, every second matters with those fans. They have so many options. You always have to be focused on keeping them engaged. So do you see a pretty significant like, sort of second screen, screen component to this sort of platform where you, you might hope that fans will have the, the future NBA app open while they're watching a game on ESPN or on TNT or, or whatever it might be? I do. I, ca- I can't say whether that sort of second screen will, in essence, be part of the first screen. You know, I, I, I leave that to Satya and the, the technologists, but I will say right now, that's the case for most of our fans. I, I challenge anyone who watches any sports program right now and isn't on some sort of second screen at the same time. That second screen may not be related to what they're watching on television. I mean, they, they may be doing their Outlook emails, but, but it's, it's hard to find anyone who isn't, isn't also engaged in another screen. I think the goal for us is for that additional content be related to the NBA programming they're watching on on their on their first screen and and again i think what what we know from our 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 customers slash our fans is they want deeper content about the nba players and the nba teams that they care about and that's a lot about what this relationship will help deliver you mentioned something about the the the, you're not sure which screen it will show up on so is, is it possible this partnership will not just be about digital devices but could also impact what is actually shown on broadcast tv Absolutely. I mean, I think if if we do our jobs right, we're a complement to wherever our broadcaster is, you know, and that and because they have the same interests we do in increasing engagement, increasing time spent viewing, even if it's conventional linear television. And so, you know, we sort of this relationship will come with us to whoever who are whoever our distributors are. Do you think you might be hampered at some point in pursuing the full possibilities of everything being digital, in part because you do sort of have this relationship with these more linear, you know, focused entities like like the the big broadcast companies that pay a huge portion of the bills? Or do you think you're going to be able to navigate that? 
I don't because I'll just use the two examples in the United States, you know, in terms of our you know, most important national relationships. One is Warner Media, which is, of course, owned by AT&T now, so they're very focused on our digital distribution. And the other is Disney, owners of ABC and ESPN. ESPN is making enormous investments in ESPN Plus right now and the conversations that we're having um, with, you know, you know Bob Iger and Jimmy Patero and 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 you know and their their new CEO are are all about Bob Chapik are are all about you know how we can transform with them into their direct to consumer business. Got it. So you, th- what you're doing and the infrastructure that Microsoft is helping you build could potentially plug directly into the ESPN Plus infrastructure and something that that so it's not just like an NBA streaming service. It could plug into the ESPN streaming service. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, we 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 want to have that ability to you know to 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 have control of our own de- destiny in terms of direct to consumer. But we also recognize our business is is based on and built on partnerships. And so, what what we we want to offer to those partners is this common experience that NBA fans can have, regardless of what service they're they're engaging in to 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 receive their MBA content there there should be a certain common commonality to to our brand and to and and to the delivery of NBA programming and that will come through this Microsoft backbone through their AI technology and through their cloud services so I think there's an obvious play here and and uh, <laughs> about the personalization, the AI. I'm sure, uh, Satya, you, you would want to speak to that. But I, I think about this idea: if you're uh, doing a one-to-many sort of model, that's where the NBA came from, and wants to embrace right. the fact that you can basically connect with individual consumers and they can get exactly the content that matters to them, that is special to them. That's compelling in part. But if you go to being a platform, it, it can be not just that's still a broadcast model. It's more of an individualized broadcast model could there be other parts like more of a social model like you can have different shared experiences with fellow fans or with other people watching a a game i think people in quarantine right now wish they could you know watch an old playoff game together at the same time and sync up the start and talk about it etc etc or even remix your content so like nate duncan and and daniel rue do these broadcasts on twitter alongside games is that something that could be incorporated into this you get your own custom feed I love your question. I'm going to answer it and then hand it over to Satya because I think precisely that. I think, you know, there's so much focus now on potential, uh, our potentially playing fanless games this summer. And one thing I keep pointing out to people is that the vast majority of our fans, probably 99% of them plus, are never stepped foot in an NBA arena. So we're always playing in front of fans, even if you don't have those physical fans in the arena. It does change the experience, and we'll miss them greatly. But I think it just creates an even greater challenge through this technology. And one of the things we thought about from a technology standpoint is if, if maybe there's a unique experience to be in an NBA arena, but the next best thing is to, in essence, sit down to watch a game, you know, Xbox-like, you know, maybe with your headset on. And you have a fan, you have a friend on your left, a fan on your right, and it's just as if you were in the arena talking to those friends during the game. And then maybe also, you know, rather than limiting yourself to the 19,000 people in the arena with you, this global community of NBA fans is all coming together in real time. And there's a way where you're getting sort of the instant wisdom of the crowd in terms of whether they think it was a good call or a bad call or they're cheering or they're, they're jeering or whatever is going on. You know, part of what we hope to build with this relationship is a way to replicate that incredible experience that we have now in our arenas. 
Yeah, I mean, I think just to add to that, I think uh, Adam captures the depth of uh, the richness one can create in terms of the experience. And you went, Ben, to the obvious place, you know, essentially the same engine that's driving all of the deep personalization, which is the RL-based Azure engine for Xbox, is going to be the same thing that's going to be available uh, to for NBA to drive some of the deep personalization, right? I mean, with the same type of yield. Uh, but to your point, it's not just about the one-to-many with personalization. One of the exciting things for me is, you know, we've been working on this thing called LiveOps, right? Uh, I don't know if we've talked to you in the past about this. Basically, there's a product called PlayFab, which came out of Xbox. So essentially, what it does is just like how DevOps was a thing, LiveOps comes out of game development. So in the context of NBA, of course, there's a let's say there's the game itself. But around the game, you can build all these other scenarios, whether it's in the second screen, whether it's the social dimension, uh, and all that is software-driven based on what you are watching, what you want, and who you are, and whom are you watching with. It's kind of like Xbox Live experience uh, for NBA. Uh, So that's the type of stuff that I think uh, I know Adam and team have lots of great ideas. uh, And so I think, and we have all of the building blocks. So now it's just that art of being able to take these building blocks, which we in our own case have expressed it, used it in the context of gaming, uh, to be you know, brought to a new type of media product, which is uh, a sports franchise like NBA building a media product that engages these 1.8 billion you know, people who follow it all throughout the world. I'm curious how this relationship came together because you made the point, Adam, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, you particularly in the world of fanless games, something like this is, is so critical. I, did, did the pandemic sort of add urgency to putting this deal together? I mean, it, I, well, well, one, this process began about six months ago in our discussions with Microsoft, and this was the track we were on. If anything, it got delayed, of course, a bit in the last month, just because we had to work around some issues in terms of being at home, et cetera. But I think it, it did take on urgency, certainly for me, as I said, given that we're potentially looking at fanless games. And it just really highlighted for us the importance of technology and how technology will define our future. So, you know, it, 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 so if, if anything, I, I think, it, though, if you think about it, the fact that you have the C- putting aside me. You have the CEO of Microsoft taking the time to do this right now. I think it is amazing from my standpoint that you know that we're, we're a relatively small company, but I think the fact that we've actually, with all that's going on in the world and what's going on with Microsoft, we're able to stay essentially on schedule and make this announcement. To me, is just indicative of why we chose Microsoft and how and how important this relationship is for them and what it will mean for us. Did this require a sort of reworking of your relationship with with Turner or Warner since they handled the, the sort of digital side previously, or or like how how is that going to work going forward? It it, it did re- it did require a little bit of a reworking, but they've embraced this relationship as well. I said AT and T, you know, of course, the parent of Warner Media already has a huge relationship with Microsoft, so I mean they they were very supportive of this partnership, and we will remain in you know with Warner Media as our partner as well, you know, but we're sort of shifting some of the things um, from Turner Sports over to the NBA, but but again, it's it's a collaborative partnership, and again, they they were part of the process in the selection of Microsoft. Got it. Well, well I think I think to me to me the real headline here is that uh the NBA is now back in Seattle. 
<laughs> Just don't get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, this is this is uh, this is very this is this is. I mean, I will speak for myself. This is very exciting. I am a huge NBA fan. I'm a huge Bucks fan. So I am particularly devastated by the uh, the recent turn turn of events. But uh, I've had my. I know. You guys are right there. <laughs> I I've had my shall we say frustrations with the with the current league's digital product, of uh, which I've been a loyal customer for many many years. So uh, from that perspective, I, I I'm I'm quite excited. What do you think about the timeline for this? I mean, obviously building what the stuff you're talking about. This is going to be a multi year thing. Different features will roll out at different at different different yes. times. But where do you see sort of a V one coming out? I, I, a big change in infrastructure like this seems like it make more sense in sort of an off season context, which you might have a longer off off season this year. So what, what are you guys thinking about that? Satya, I mean, I, I leave sort of timelines to Microsoft. It's going to be a lot more phased, uh, Ben. I think in some sense, some of the earnest uh, product work will start now. Uh, I think one of the places you'll start perhaps seeing it first is some enhanced broadcast capability because you're able to sort of post-process the stream, add some de- AI, uh, and that's probably the place we'll go. And then similarly, in parallel, we'll take some of the archival uh, footage and then enhance it and then stream that. Um, obviously, those are the kinds of things uh, that we'll start doing. But it's not going to be a big bang. Uh, we'll put the, you know, the, basically we're going to put our teams together, build the roadmap, and then move it forward in a, you know, in a pretty phased way. Is it so? Is it yep. fair to probably think about you're going to start with the digital apps and sort of the the, the NBA yeah. uh, streaming experience, and then sort of back into more of these ideas about getting into the actual production of broadcast content? Or, or it, it, I'm curious how you see that that approach. That, that's that's fair. I mean, we're, we're, to your point, we'll start with the essential NBA products, our app, you know, our website. But I, I think at the same time, as I know you recognize, this is not off the shelf software, and it's even there are some parallels, for example the work that Microsoft currently does for La Liga, and we spoke to our counterparts there, and it was very meaningful to us that how um, much they value this relationship with Microsoft, but almost by definition, so much of this work is custom that, you know, it's, I mean, part of the reason we wanted to get this deal done and announced is so we could get to work. And so there, there, to your point, I think there are the certain core products that we focus on. But I think as we tier them, and as Satya said, I mean, this stuff will be brought on incrementally that we're going to begin with those products before we move to the telecast, which is, will, will be more complicated. Very good. Well, uh, this is uh, again. I am excited as a fan, uh, but I'm also uh, excited as as an analyst. I think this idea of switching from being like a studio uh, where you sort of make content and give it to anyone that'll buy it to I, I you know ideally being more of a Netflix where you sort of own the customer and have a direct connection to that customer relationship uh, makes you know is is the future for media companies generally, and it's it's good. It makes sense to see the NBA moving that direction. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, yeah. and thank you for taking the time. Right. So, well, you put it very well, Ben. In some sense, that's sort of what was Adam and his, you know, his team's vision is to be. In, I think you said it even to be in control of their own destiny, uh, with and and in some sense have the digital capability in their own hands to be able to control that destiny. Yes, okay. absolutely. Makes sense. Thank well, you right. so much. well, hopefully, we can all be sitting on a on a call watching an NBA game sooner rather than later. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so all much. Right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Adam. Ben, thank you. Thank you, Sergeant. All right, bye-bye.
The daily update is intended for a single recipient, but occasional forwarding is totally fine. If you'd like to order multiple subscriptions for your team with a group discount, please contact me directly. Thanks for being a subscriber, and have a great day.